Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mercy Rule, a sports show hosted by Dave Martinson and the keeper of the hot takes, Jeff Loudenschlager. Each and every Thursday, Dave and Jeff break down the hottest topics in sports, telling you what you need to know and other stuff you probably didn't need. If you like the sound of that, follow the show at soundcloud.com slash mercy rule and subscribe on iTunes today. Okay. Lamborghini Mercy. Yo, she's so thirsty. I'm in that 2C limbo with your girl, she trying to jerk okay. me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 72 of Mercy Rule, weekly sports podcast from Dave Martinson and the keeper of the hot takes. It's been two weeks, Jeff. It's been way too long, Dave. I've missed you. Jeff Lounschlager, back at it again with those fire takes. Pew, pew. And speaking of takes, Jeff, you got some of them right. I am ecstatic, Dave. The Chicago Cubs. They yeah. broke the curse. I told Chicago, don't worry. <laughs> this is your year. Everybody get excited. And you know what? Mm. They celebrated accordingly. They got very excited. They won the World Series, Dave. It Fantastic Game 7. And it was about time that Cleveland finally had a little more sadness after the whole <laughs> Cavaliers shenanigans. Yeah, uh, they've, been, so, they've been happy for too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I was happy to see the Cubs finally break that curse. It was really cool to see it. I think baseball this season has really taken that, well, last season rather than season's over, but it's really taken that next step with getting a lot of people watching. Like, a lot more people have watched Game 7 yeah. of the World Series more than they've watched most other games. I'm curious as to how much of the factor was it that the Cubs were in it. I'm sure someone already has figured this out. But right. there were some interesting comments about how, like, pace of play with, like, the games being long it hasn't improved that much, like, year to year. But baseball is quite popular this year, especially in the playoffs. So yeah. it's healthy either way. That's good. The one weird thing that I've heard is, did they peak? Because the Cubs, the curse is now over. Right. So you're going into next season. Is the Cubs winning next year as flashy as the Cubs winning this year? That's kind no. of why I wanted them not to win this year. Because like, they're the, the, the most loaded team in baseball. Right. Yeah, win now pitching staff. But like everyone else is super young. They probably would have won again in the next few years, right. so if not ne- next year, so well, you know what's what a, let's maintain the suspense, you know? No, then he, now it's the Yankees' turn. Now we need to get ourselves well, into they, the World Series. They just traded McCann to the Astros. True, but we already have a uh, rookie phenom. That's right. Did he win, though, Jeff? <sighs> he didn't. A rookie of the year was not Gary Sanchez. It was Michael Fulmer. It was. Toy Tiger starting pitcher. It, at the end, I, I said that he should win over Sanchez just because... He had a better season because he would play longer. Yeah. And, like, again, I think we said this a few weeks ago, SoundCloud.com slash Mercy Rule, basically right before the season ended. If Sanchez had been up a little longer or if they made the playoffs, his impact probably would have carried the vote more. But right. Fulmer, you know, he earned it. So that's that. The other rookie of the year, my, my one preseason pick that I got right. Yeah, and Dave. Both of, we both got this right at the end because it was obvious. Corey Seager, National League yep. Rookie of the Year. Fantastic year. That was easy. He played awesome. Also, at the end of the year, we both got Terry Francona right for AL Manager mm-hmm. of the Year. As he he should absolutely deserve that. Yeah, absolutely. We saw that in the playoffs, too. Just riding Andrew Miller yeah, right. as far as he could. And then you had Dusty Baker. I had Joe Madden when in turn Roberts, the that surprised Dodgers me. manager, that wins. That surprised me. Which I think I gave him a shout-out when we did our, our final picks. But I guess he wins. He won because he managed all those pitching injuries. So yeah. can't take away from him. MVP. The flashy award, the one pick you got right from the start of the season, Chris, Chris Bryant, Bryant baby. MVP. And I almost had, I changed my mind, I guess. Yeah, you did. In a more recent episode. But going into the season, yeah. I picked Max Scherzer That's right. to win the Cy Young. 
But then when I compared the numbers and the impact, because Lester had better numbers, and I think what happened was exactly what you said was going to happen. When when there was too many Cubs pitchers available to choose, cannibalization they of the all vote just took the votes away from each other, yep. which is where Scherzer came into play. But have the record show, Dave, that when we made our preseason picks, That's right. I picked Max Scherzer you did. to win you did. the NFL Cy Young. Yeah, and at our final picks, you took Rick Porcello, mm-hmm. who ended up winning, Yep. even though most pundits thought that he was like the third choice. Yeah. Kluber probably was the top one, but he won. And that, that's actually really interesting to me because Rick Porcello won basically like on like old school thinking. He he had a lot of wins, right? Yes, Twenty one wins. But Mike Trout finally gets his second MVP. About time. But old school thinking wouldn't pick him because his team didn't win. Right. Right. So I find I think that's kind of interesting that those two conflicting mindsets. That's a good point. And not, it's not like Trout blew it away. He barely won. But that's awesome because he's been the best player in baseball for five years. Only one MVP. And now he has two. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's awesome. Honestly, part of the reason I feel like more people don't talk about him, besides like hardcore baseball fans, is he's like a very vanilla guy. He doesn't have much of a persona, you know. Like Bryce no. Harper's flashy. He says yeah. stuff once Make in a while. Make baseball fun again. Exactly. Like all of that. So, and you know, he wasn't on the Cubs. Team team stinks. So yeah, the Angels. Tr- but yeah, the more people appreciate my trout, the better. Oh, uh, comeback player of the year. We were kind of off on that. You went with. Will Myers, mm-hmm. and I went with Wilson Ramos, and we both went with Porcello in the AL. It ended up being Mark Trumbo and the late Jose Fernandez. I feel like that's a hard one to pick, though, because it's like these guys all came back from injury, picked the one you thought did the best. Like, I don't know. I kind of wish the award wasn't just pick the guy who came back from injury. Because in baseball, there's always a guy coming off Tommy yeah, John. there's always... <laughs> and most of them do fine. That's how Jose won. Right. Because he went back to his great self because of Tommy John. Yeah, I agree. It should be one of those things like maybe you're doing good and then you have an off year and you come yeah. back, or maybe you that's just, how we thought with Myers and or Ramos. maybe you just kind of you're consistently middle of the road and all of a sudden you're like a whoa. Right. right. Yeah, we'll talk more about that kind of award for the most improved in the NBA in a little bit. And yeah, actually, I think that's that's basically it for baseball. So we did okay. Hey, you know, we did better than we did last year. That's right. That's for sure. Improvement. When it came to looking at the divisions, picking who's going to win, who's mm. going to make it, we did better then than we did last year mm. when I picked the Chicago White Sox to do great things who came in last in their yes. division. So Good times. We could only go up from where we started, Dave. Yeah, good point. All right, so we'll uh, go back to baseball probably after the winter meetings. Basically, yeah. when, when all the big MLB hot stove stuff happens, the free right. agent, the signings and stuff, so... We'll come back to baseball then. Stay tuned on that one. But in the meantime, the NBA has My now season. been, what, three weeks in? Four weeks in? About four weeks, yeah. Four weeks in. So I think we have a nice little sample to finally make our award predictions for the NBA. You know, we hadn't done any yet, and I think it's actually kind of cool that we waited a little bit because by no stretches are any of these decided. And right. Especially for the big one, MVP. I mean, who can you eliminate? There's so many good choices. I know. Start with one of the less flashy ones. Defensive Player of the Year. Aaron Gordon said he wants to win this award. Interesting. Now, I don't know if he meant this year, but he said he wants to win it. So I find that interesting. <laughs> what, just at some point we'll get there? I guess. I mean, yeah, he wants to be the best defensive player in the league or something. I mean... Good. Hey, I, I like the hey, goal. That's great. But yeah, this one, I think it's going to come down to Kawhi Leonard, and if he doesn't win, it's going to be a flashy guy who gets a lot of rebounds. 
You mean a guy like Hassan Whiteside, Dave? You mean the generational big, <laughs> the great Hassan Whiteside, That'd starting center, one. who's probably one of the best big men in the league right now, who's averaging a league, leading 16.2 rebounds mm. a game and averaging second in the league in 2.75 blocks per game, Dave? <laughs> that guy? Decent numbers. Decent what about numbers? Rudy Gobert could win? No, no, no. Best defense. He can best rim protector. Now, he's got nothing on Wilt's side over there. He's going to win the defensive MVP. Yeah, you're going to pick him over Kawhi? I'm picking him right now. I'm saying it right now, and I know I keep doing this every year. I pick him, like, every time. I mean, but I'm, I'm, he's always right I'm there. picking him. I'm taking it until it doesn't work. And his defense actually has improved. Remember, like, right. was it beginning of last year? Everyone's like, uh Whisper, whisper, they're better off with him off the court because his rim, rim protection. He's like kind of like Drummond last year. His rim protection right. wasn't actually as good as his high block numbers would stay. Right. Like, you know, he would chase the blocks. But I think he's, he's, he's transitioned a, his game though, because now yes. I feel like now that he has the contract, he doesn't have to worry as much about just padding the stats. Now right. he's playing the team defense, and we've alluded to this in prior episodes in the podcast, SoundCloud.com/slash/MercyRoll, about how. I think Hassan Whiteside, and I think I've said that we should get rid of Hassan Whiteside at one point. You, you have. I think I have You've reneged that. on that, though. But at that time, he wasn't playing the team defense. It was more yeah. that he was just going out and blocking. And Freelancing, really, like uh, Jamie Collins on the Patriots. He, kinda, like, he just kind of does whatever he wants, and it looks good on paper, but yeah. in theory, is he really doing that much? And I think that was the major concern with Whiteside. But I think since he's gotten his money and since things, the team dynamic has changed yeah. without Wade, without Bosch, and it's kind of like just him kind of running the defensive show oh, for the absolutely. most part. I feel like it, the team defense has gotten almost better just because of Whiteside being able to kind of control it yeah. instead of him just worrying about just making his stats and improving his 2K rating. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because Kawhi's won, what, the last two? Yep. But remember I wanted Draymond Green to win it, I think, the two first years ago. two years ago. Yep. Kawhi's like the boring pick, but he's also like the unquestioned best perimeter defender. Yes. And and now, actually now he's in the MVP conversation because he's also amazing on offense. Right. So, you know, it remains to be seen. But if Whiteside can keep it up, I, I'm all about switching it up once in a while. So that'd be cool. Yeah, the hard thing for Kawhi is when you're involved in such a system like San Antonio, it's kind of yeah. hard to say, oh, that's the MVP. Because some people are like, oh, yeah, definitely the best player in the league or best player in an amazing system. So it's one of those things that kind of get tossed back and forth. I'm not diminishing yeah. what Kawhi does. I mean, he's I scoring like, a lot more than he ever has, though, so I don't know how much people say that now. That's fair. Especially now that we said, quote-unquote, system, but all those guys who are really in the system are now, like, dinosaurs or retired. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of... It's his, it's his show. Oh, for sure. Most improved for the NBA, this is never guys really coming off injury like it is in baseball. Right. This is really just guys that got a new opportunity because their role changed. And got, like, significantly better. Yeah. I mean, notably CJ McCollum out of nowhere yeah. last year went from one of those guys who were like, yeah, you're serviceable, come off the bench, yeah. like, you're good. Minutes go way up. And then all of a sudden, yeah. So yeah. he, he had an incredible time. A lot of second-year players finally getting their run, or in McCollum's case, at, at the end of the rookie contract. Uh, so that's really usually how this award goes. So like young guys like Miles Turner, T.J. Warren, Nurkic, who had a hot start not doing too good now, Clint Capella on the Rockets, yep. getting opportunities, young players. So someone like that could really jump out. Or even like a guy like Trevor Booker. He's been around the block, mm-hmm. and now he's on a bad Nets team, and he's averaging a double-double. So like right. really adding a lot of steel, so like the numbers are drastically improved. The, the guys I want to look at are Andrew Wiggins and Harrison Barnes. Okay. Because Wiggins is absolutely tearing it up offensively, and he's shooting like 50% from three right now, which is insane. He yeah. was he was a below average, significantly below average shooter last year yeah, from absolutely. three. 
And then Harrison Barnes, averaging over 20 a game. He's had some 30-point games. Yes, he has. And a guy whose role has significantly changed. But Wiggins actually probably is flashy because his role didn't change. He just got way better. It's true. And he's really developing on, you know, delivering on that draft promise they made in the first overall pick back then. If he can keep it up, I, he certainly will not keep up that three-point shooting. No, I would but, not expect that. But he's a cool one to me because he actually stands out above the guys that just, obviously, they did better. They got more minutes, you know? Right, and I think, kind of alluding to what you said, granted the player I'm picking did get more minutes just because of the situation. I'm picking D'Angelo Russell. I yeah. know he's off to a rough start. but he's doing fine. Yeah, but not not flashy like an Andrew Wiggins right. kind of start. But he's off to, like... He's off to a good start. He's not being featured. He's just, he's just running with the team. Right. And the thing with D'Angelo Russell is last year, they were fully against playing all these young guys yeah. for the Lakers. Good old Byron Scott. Right. Consistent. Playing, <laughs> working that retirement show for Kobe. Yeah. So now that the fact that Kobe's gone, and I've said this a million times, Kobe Lee retiring is the best thing that's going to happen oh, to the Lakers. They're, they're, they're yeah. a, a playoff team in the West. It's yeah. the season ending today. There's, they're playing well. And I think the thing is, I think D'Angelo Russell, and I said this after the draft, after the draft, that D'Angelo Russell was picked, yeah. that D'Angelo Russell is going to be the best player that comes out of that draft, is what Ooh. I said. And I think he's going to, in the next couple of years, he's going to start yeah. taking that next lap, that next step. Mm-hmm. And I think with his young core around him, and the Lakers are very good, have been very good as of late, of acquiring these pieces to start working together. Yes, I think D'Angelo Russell is going to start becoming that centerpiece, but I think as the season goes on, his numbers are going to get better and better. Yeah. And he's going to end See? up being becoming the centerpiece. Like we said, they were always a couple pieces away mm-hmm. with this young crew. I think he's going to be one of those major pieces that allures big free agents back to L.A. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I mean, Luke Wallen deserves a lot of credit because that motion offense, he's got all those young guys to buy in. Clarkson buying in as off-the-bench yeah. point guard because Luke Wallen resurrected Nick Young's career. Yeah. Didn't see that coming at all. No, not at all. He barely made the team out of training he's, camp. He's averaging like 17 points a game right now. Yeah, and it, he's getting him to actually like do his best on defense, which says a lot because he, you know, had like a JR. He was worse than JR, actually. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really fascinating team because we didn't expect them to be this good this quick. I'm not going to say they're a good team. I don't think they are. No, not but yet. They've all bought in. They're all playing well. Even guys like uh, their bench units killing it, like Tariq Black and Larry mm-hmm. Nance. There's Clarkson running it. They're definitely a bunch of pieces away. Yeah. From being where they want like to be. Like Brandon Ingram, he's going to be a slow burn, which actually leads me to Rookie of the Year. Mm. This is a very not great rookie class at the moment. First pick, Ben Simmons. Out. Out probably for the year. Maybe they'll bring him back at the end. We don't know. Maybe. But he obviously won't win. Brandon Ingram, coming off the bench, playing like 20 minutes a game. Doesn't have the NBA body yet. I'm sure he'll improve as the season goes on. Oh, absolutely. He's in a position to win the award. Jalen Brown, he's probably my number two right now. He's playing. His numbers don't jump off the page, but he's playing good minutes for a good Celtics team. Right. Number fourth pick, Dragon Bender. Doesn't play much for the bad side. Like three points a game. Yeah. Probably my number third pick, Chris Dunn. He's looks very much like a rookie, but he's still doing stuff once in and a he's while. He's slowly getting more and more minutes. Yeah. Like he's only averaging five points, maybe three assists. Yeah. Like not he, doing much he, right he, now, but he'll he's get the epitome there. of makes rookie mistakes right now. Yeah. As a point guard. Six, Buddy Healed. Rough start. Shooting. Rough start. Ice cold still. And that's all he really does. Disconcerting thing about Buddy is he does not finish well at the rim. No. And for non-athletic guards, if they don't finish well at the rim, that really limits their ceiling. So he needs to become that knockdown shooter. Uh, Jamal Murray, he's shown a little life shooting recently. Uh, As of late, especially last night, he's starting to show like little bits and pieces like, hey, I'm here, I can do it. He can leapfrog done. And then, like, rounding out the, you know, and the lottery, Marcus Chris, like Bender, doesn't really play much for the Suns. Podal, 
decent backup on the Raptors right now, but certainly not doing enough to win the award. No, he, with injuries, he's been getting some playing time. Yeah, but it hasn't. He hasn't really done much with the playing time. Yeah, so all the you know high-profile rookies aren't really doing much besides Jalen Brown and the guy who is still technically a rookie, Joel Embiid. He's being awesome. That's my pick. Really? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Who, who, who wouldn't pick him right now, right? right? It's funny because I think it was like Chauncey Billups and like Shaq and some guys on all, vets on TV were saying that he shouldn't count as rookie because he's got his sleep patterns down. He knows what it's like to be an NBA player because he's been with the team for two years. But he hasn't played. Right, he hasn't. He's, he's a rookie. He still is a rookie. Yeah. But he has like an advantage because he's more of a veteran than these other rookies because he's been, he's been in the NBA. Okay, so. yes, but... I feel like it's different knowing like a sleep pattern or how somebody works out or how somebody practices. Yeah. I feel like that's much different than going out onto an NBA court. Yeah. No, and doing is. something like that. Like it is. Practices and everything like that are much different than gameplay. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that is. I mean, obviously it plays a part. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's completely irrelevant. It. But at the same time, I don't think it's enough to just be like. Well, you know what? He knows the sleep pattern of an NBA player. He shouldn't yeah. get the rookie. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, so that, College kids have weird sleep patterns. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the, the NBA players are the only ones who aren't sleeping weird. Yeah, so it's, I think the coolest thing about Embiid is he's been so productive in limited minutes as they've been working him in. He was on, right. He's still kind of on a minutes restriction. Like, playing like mid-20s now, I think. Yep. So Absolutely. don't get hurt because he is a, you know, Generational big. It's not. I know that's a term we throw around a lot here. Excuse, well, excuse me. Rule. Throw, throw, throw around me. a lot. It, there's one generational <laughs> big we see. Dave, here's you mean call Anthony thing. Towns? No. Here's and the Anthony thing. Davis? Dave, here's the thing. Generational bigs only come around once in a generation. That's why we give them the term. Mm. And Hassan Whiteside fits the mold of a generational big. That's why it's called a generational big. We don't throw it around, Dave. We give it to what the player right. who's deserving of the phrase. Okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Speaking of generational talents, Phil Jackson oh, was mad about the, the Knicks' use of the he triangle. Needs, he and he said that after away. they won a game. He needs to go away and never come back. I'm so over everything about this guy. He said he, he won't opt nothing. out either. He has done nothing for this team. He's got Chris Fuffs. Okay, yes. By dumb luck because Julie Local 4 was already taken. Right. And which, thank God, really took the Local 4. <laughs> and this one, once upon a time, Dave, you took a summer off to go camping. And That's right. And this is when co-host Chris, That's right. guest co-host, him and I were running the show for the summer. And we, had a, we heard a, um, a clip from Bill yes. Jackson saying... The, the craziest take. I don't, want, I don't think he's going to be good. This, that, and the other thing. NBA and body, I something or other. lost my mind on this podcast because I was just so fed up with how he runs things. He trades ridiculous draft picks for nothing. He drafts players that he has no idea. Like if Porzingis was a dud, mm-hmm. like we'd all be like, what the heck is wrong with you? Right. But now that he's he's a serviceable, he's actually having a very good season again. But it's just one of those things like, get out of here. Like you're guessing. You literally know nothing. Get out of here with your triangle BS yep. because what you, it's very, I'll say it again. It's very easy to win with the triangle when your core players are Jordan, Pippen, Shaq, and Kobe, Mr. Jackson. Get off your high bars. You would be nothing without the best players (laughs) in NBA history. Yeah. I, you, Dave, honestly, I think you and I, 
could probably coach a team with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and all the rest of the Bulls on it. I think you and I together could coach. That's what they were saying about Luke Wallace last we, we, year. We could coach a team together, you and I. Yeah. Co-coach. 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 Yes. I think you and I could do it together, and I think we could have just as many championships. If give me that same talent, I bet <laughs> you I can win just as many games. Like, get out of here. Like, you... Oh, the thing that gets me, me mad the most is that he doesn't have a, a roster that's that adept for running the system because most players it aren't aren't necessarily that good at it. But, like, you just traded for Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. One year of him at that. Yep. And he's not going to be good at the triangle. That's just not his thing. It's no. not in his skill set. He's, he's a ball-dominant player. said as much. We know this. Yeah, okay, Noah passes the ball. Good for a big man. Excellent for a big man. Cool. Him and Marcus All are good centers for the triangle. Big freaking deal. Okay, you also have Carmelo Anthony. He also stops the ball. Like, and <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than stunt Porzingis' growth, which really isn't happening, Porzingis is killing it this year. No, yeah, I'm actually very surprised. That uh, was a concern I had in our NBA preview, saying that I thought the other guys were going to be yeah. taking away and, from him. And Courtney Lee, good signing, sure. Good price, that's fine. But, like, just let the triangle go, man. Like, even Melo. Melo's kind of been pretty frank, really. He's like, I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. We're not going to really talk about it. Good. And like th- those guys are professionals. They like that's the good. That's the best thing about this Knicks team is they're a- actually a professional talent for once. Right. And like they know w- what they're good at. Enough with the damn triangle and stop with the meddling. Like Kurt Rambis as defensive specialist for the team. Like yeah, sure that was Hornacek's idea. Yeah, sure it was. Let him coach the team. Right. And just let it go. But you're not, not a coach anymore. But you're washed. He won't. Washed up, Phil Jackson. You know nothing anymore. The game has passed you by. Yeah. The game has passed him by. I We're want, not in the 90s anymore. I want Phil them Jackson. to be bad because this is this really good draft. But right now they're the eight seed. Hopefully they stick it bad because this draft is deep as hell. Well, and I want a good pick. Good. Looks like Miami will be let's right get, in let's get prime Porz- time. We'll get Porz- Porzingis a running mate. But yeah, so that, Jeff, before we get to the MVP, you also have the sixth man of the year award. Yes. And this one's funny because... There's a lot of good bench units this year. The Clippers, especially, mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere. That's half the reason Clippers are so amazing this year. Yep. But two Jamal seed. Crawford's not looking like he's going to win it again. No. Uh, yeah, good call on that two seed pick. Pretty solid. Made that SoundCloud.com slash Mercy Rule. The Lakers bench, another reason they're actually pretty yeah, successful. Yeah, they're playing well. But who I picked for the sixth man of the year? I don't know, man. Zach Randolph looks pretty solid in the new role. Cantor, we know what he can do. For your team, is Tyler Johnson the sixth man or yes. is Richardson? He's the sixth man. Tyler Johnson at the He'll moment. He'll score. Because Richardson's been hurt and he's just coming back. But the thing with Richardson is he's going to eventually take over the starting role from Dion Waiters. And Dion right. Waiters has been losing it, so Richardson has already started some games. Yeah, I saw that. So it's one of those things. Tyler Johnson so, isn't good enough yet to be the starting shooting guard no. or point guard, so he's coming off the bench as the sixth man, which is exactly where I wanted him to be. And I think in the next two to three years, I think he can start making a case for himself because I think he's having one of the better years than we thought he was going to have. That's for sure. And then I think another guy I'd shout out, Marcus Smart. He just does a lot of everything, plays mm-hmm. a ton of minutes off the bench for the Celtics. He's actually improved his three-point shooting a lot. So I think I'm just going to pick Marcus Smart because I, I can't a good contrast pick Cantor because his defense is so bad. Right. But I don't know. This one's pretty hard to project at this point. Yeah, for me, I'm going to pick somebody you haven't mentioned yet. I'm going to go with Andre Iguodala at the moment. He's kind of off. He's off to a rough start. Three-point shooters way down. I know. And it, I think he can pick it back up. I think it's one of those things it's 32 where now. I think, what? He's 32 now. Right. He's starting to slow down. I think one of the things with Iguodala is the fact that the Warriors bench is so bad. That's a that, good point. There's more pressure on him. Yeah, and I'm thinking if he can take the pressure and he can turn it into good play, like I know he can do, Right. I think Iguodala will flash more 
just because the rest of the group is so not up to that's par actually, with the rest of that's them. That's a decent thought, yeah. That I think that Eagle Adala will just look better. He yeah. may not be the best six man out there, mm-hmm. but I think the way the stats can work out in the numbers wise, sure. I think he his numbers can be higher than everybody else's because he is clearly the best person coming off that bench because yeah. since they've taken out so many people because of the Durant deal, yeah. that I think Eagle Adela has a chance to shine. Now, granted, like you said, his shoot three point shooting's down and he's getting older, so it very well cannot happen. Yeah. But I think if it's going to happen for him, I think this is a good year for it to happen. One other guy, because uh, he's off the bench now, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, you know, so excellent. Yeah. He also could be in there. But yeah, MVP. So this is uh, fascinating right now because there's a lot of people scoring the ball. A few guys that I don't have in it, but they're having huge years. Towns, knew that was coming. Yep. Jimmy Butler, scoring 25 a game. Kemba Walker, scoring 25 a game. Mm-hmm. Bulls didn't think they'd be good, but they're kind of decent right now. Butler uh, had 40 points yeah. on uh, Sunday night. Uh, Wiggins, another guy. Those guys, are, I don't think, have any chance of actually winning it. No. But I guess we can't just start with this guy who came totally out of nowhere. He's averaging 31 points a game right now without any semblance of threes. DeMar DeRozan, man. I know. He's basically achieved his final form. He's like the perfect version of the player he always has been. Yeah. Just amazing mid-range. Slowly getting to where he needs to. Killer in the lane. Knocked on all his free throws. The problem is that he can't keep this up because he's just way too... Your 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 favorite type of shot, the long two. Ah. He's killing the long two right now, and that's impossible to keep up such a high percentage. Yeah, that only really keeps up for so long before it just doesn't. But anymore. do I believe he can maintain this high scoring, like maybe like twenty eight a game? I absolutely do. Oh yeah, because he can slash to the basket. So he's a very athletic guard. So I mean, he can still do all of that because that's what he's been known for right. through his career so far. Is a guy who can get to the rim. So the fact that he's able to hit these jump shots now. Right. It opens up more options for him to either take the jump shot or slash to the yeah. basket. He's so another guy who's like Whiteside. He already got his contract, and now he's playing even better, which right. is awesome. So I think DeRozan will be in the running. It's just impossible for really him to win. He doesn't have enough star, you know? No, that's And true. he's certainly a star, but... And it's tough because you're in the East, and yeah. you're... You're behind, in the you're East hot behind the Cavs. Right. Like, it'd be one thing as if... The, you have if, to be the one seed. If it was an open race... Yeah. The, kind of like the West. Like yeah. We think the Warriors are going to end up, but you never know. Right. So it's Clips. it's mm-hmm. a, it's an open race right now in the West, but in the East, it's like it's the Cavs unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Cavs, LeBron scoring's down a little bit, but he's still amazing. Look at, the, look at all the other numbers. Right. He puts up numbers across the board, and so he always has. LeBron will certainly be in the running. Kawhi Leonard will be in the running, like you said, though. Tough for a spur to win. Right. Until, unless he really keeps the offense going, which he could. And they're really running it all through him. And then I guess start with these guys. Uh, Anthony Davis, team stinks. Yep. No help. We've talked about it before, but he is currently second in PER behind Russell Westbrook in the whole league. Thirty-one point seven points per game, doing everything he possibly can to do with his terrible roster. But they got Drew Holiday back. But either way, they're going to be a lottery team, and in the NBA, winning is way more important to the award than the sport like baseball. Right. Because NBA, you influence the game all the time, and your teammates, unfortunately, will let you down. And that's kind of where... It's out of his hands still, I guess, but... Yeah, that's the, and that's the main problem. Like, yes, he's putting up these things, but he's... And, the, and I've said this before about Anthony Davis. He's the best player on a terrible team. Yeah. And that, yes, that looks good for your ratings, but nobody else is, go- is scoring. Nobody else can do the things you're doing because the rest of the team is poo. 
Yeah. So there's literally nothing you Houston, can do. We made fun of Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, but at least right. those guys were good basketball players. And the problem is, and we run into this like you and I talked about in prior episodes, like two, almost two years now, when it was looking about a year and a half when we're looking at James Harden not winning and Curry winning when James yeah. Harden should have won yeah. because he had the most impact on his team going forward. Yep. James Harden had nobody else on that team. Yep. Everybody, well, the roster looked good, but everybody was hurt. Yeah. And he still made it to the two seed. Yeah. And we're looking at a guy like Anthony Davis. Yes, he has these amazing numbers, but you're not going anywhere with it where Harden had these numbers and still made a difference. Yeah. So that I think that's the that's big thing difference. to look at with Anthony Davis. And that's when it comes to, like, we're not going to get into this conversation, but, like, ranking, like, top ten players in the NBA. I usually stay away from Anthony Davis mm-hmm. because, yes, he has the talent. Yes, he has the numbers, but he can't even make a difference on his own team. Mm-hmm. I get his team's bad, but if you're gonna consider, if we're considering somebody a top tier player in the NBA, mm-hmm. you need to be having these impacts on games. Tough to say the guy second PR isn't making an impact, but I hear what you're saying. That also leads me to Harden and Westbrook because they're both putting up video game numbers, but they're both probably bottom of the West teams. I still don't think the Thunder get in. They're in right now, but. Harden's probably like where we both picked him towards the bottom of the, yep. of the West playoffs. I don't think the MVP can come from that bottom of the playoffs. I still think it happens, which is insane because these guys are having ins- incredible years. Yeah. I think Harden will win the scoring title, not Westbrook. It's just easier for Harden to do, do the score. He has a better offense around him, uh, literally the D'Antoni system. He yep. doesn't have to play defense. He can just focus on scoring. It's working. Westbrook, though, he's kind of having Davis things happen. He has this Herculean effort, and they lose by six points. Yep. Obviously, he'll be there because of the numbers. Damian Lillard, having a career year again, he'll be there. And then, I mean, we can't not mention Durant and Curry. Right. They'll probably cannibalize each other. I don't think either one of them does Right, just like what happened with the Cubs pitchers. But the coolest thing about Durant on the Warriors is he's not getting more threes, like people initially thought. Right. He's not taking more threes. He's taking like four. Well, that was five. never really his game. Like he can hit threes, but that wasn't really what he centralized. No, it's not even that. It's just that he's still efficient. He's shooting fifty-seven percent. That's like sixth or seventh in the league. He's the only non-big man in the top ten. He's getting more dunks and layups than ever before. So Durant's just an unstoppable offensive weapon because the Warriors' offense is because they can spread it out and so much. And yeah. Exactly. He doesn't even need to worry about threes. He's getting easy shots. Uh, watching Durant's fun, and then also the Clippers. Blake Griffin having a good year yet mm-hmm. again. And Chris Paul, I feel like we, us included, we usually just don't talk about Chris Paul because we keep saying, oh, he Chris Paul, that, uh, he's a little older now, you know, but he's still as good as ever. <laughs> he just got LASIK eye surgery before the season started, so people uh, were like, oh, he can see better. We are fans of LASIK here. He, he, can see, uh, he can see better now, so <laughs> with that being the case, maybe that's why he's getting these crazy, I've been seeing crazy YouTube videos. Dropping, dropping dimes? Love crazy dropping, dropping dimes around <laughs> So I guess we have to pick one now. Who are you going to go with? It's so hard. I want to pick Harden because I just I root for Harden. Most people, most people hate on him, but I, th- I think I win the scoring title. I don't think he wins the MVP. I have to eliminate all the guys on the bad teams, so I feel like there's actually not that many guys that actually have a chance. Do I pick LeBron? Like, who do I pick? <laughs> Durant? See, maybe Durant does win. Maybe. You see, I'm not fully out. I'd love Kawhi. I don't know if people vote him on. I'm not fully out yet on the Thunder not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think what's going to have to happen here is Russell Westbrook's numbers are just going to have to carry the Thunder yeah, in. Keep it up. And I believe he's the odds on I'm favorite. With, I'm with you here, too. I'm, it's one of those weird things, like, I just don't know who to pick. But I feel like now with Russell Westbrook, because if we're talking two years ago in the same situation where Durant wasn't on the Thunder, yeah. 
we're talking about a team that he came in fourth in the MVP rankings yep. and only played like three quarters of the season. Yep. So what I'm thinking, using that logic, is maybe mm. the Thunder make a late run or make a run again, get themselves in the middle of the playoffs, uh. and then you're being one of those guys like we talked about Harden getting them to the two seed, yep. talking about Westbrook getting them in to like the six to or the something. six or five or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where I had them, but bring them somewhere like that, and maybe it'll look. Kind of like how we thought with the Harden thing. Yeah. You know, you're not the best player on the best team, right? But you're yep. the person who had the biggest impact. Right. And you're the most valuable, valuable. player yep. to your team. Yep. And I think when we're looking here, with Durant like, and Curry cannibalizing, perhaps exactly. it's a good opportunity for that and to happen. And you're looking at LeBron, and yes, LeBron's still a top player in the league. But you take LeBron off that team, they're still making the playoffs. Yep, that's a good point. So I mean, if you take that was the thing about Chris Bryant's start, MVP case. Right. If you start taking, yeah, that makes sense. Like there was there was there was metrics that said like he his impact on getting the Cubs into the playoffs was actually super minimal because the rest of the team was so good. Right. Well, it's crazy thing to think about. Yeah, but yeah, is. LeBron is kind of like that. Where I mean, I think they had a close loss when he took a, rested on a back to back. But I think the only reason I would I would say LeBron is because this is like one of the last years he has a shot of winning the award and maybe he That's wants fair. it to tie Jordan. That's a point from Bill Simmons. But yeah, maybe not because his scoring's a little down. You know what? Screw it. I'll pick Harden. I'll stay with him. Stick, yeah, hey. stick, stick with my guy. You never know. I, I mean, I, I love me some James Harden. Yeah. He's great. So you're going Westbrook? Westbrook yeah, and Harden? I right. think I'm going to stick Westbrook. Westbrook was my gut pick at, right when I found out that Durant was going. Yeah. Over the summer when I found out Durant was going, uh-huh. I didn't have my chance to say this because I was on summer sabbatical. Right, right. But my choice for MVP immediately was Russell Westbrook. So I think I'm going to stick to my guns here and see how the season plays out. Yeah, it, this 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 could be interesting because what if the Rockets and the Thunder both don't make the playoffs? Like This race is going to be Ooh. interesting because of the implications of how the teams do. Right. And the and whole Curry and Durant teaming up, there's a lot of angles. Maybe that, that lets Kawhi win it. You know? I haven't heard much about Curry this season, which is very interesting, being that he came off of the past two seasons he's had, Yeah. and now he's... I've heard more about he, Durant. He keeps as, dropping like a solid, like a, a quiet 26, like as Curry does. Right, like. that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I haven't heard, I don't think I've heard one headline yet this season about Curry. Oh, beyond uh, he finally has the three, most three-pointers in a game record all to himself. Yes. He hit, uh, what he hit was it 13, 13, I think. He yeah. hit 13 because... It's about time he has the record but by himself. But what was funny was about that is the game before he shot dreadfully. He played oh, terrible. Yeah. And... Everyone in ESPN, the whole crew, was like, Chucking. Is he over? It's all over now. He's Imagine. not good anymore. Literally the next game, he comes out and shoots 13, all the, all and everyone's the, like, well, Chucks keep maybe, going he's, maybe he's not gone yet. Maybe he's still kind of here. Yeah. One last thing before we go. You heard about those Clay Thompson trade rumors that were so preposterous? No. Oh, there was talk. <laughs> Brian Scalabrini was talking about it, and then other people. <laughs> all right. It, it was talks of... Clay being dangled, teams being interested, one of the teams was the Celtics. And that the Celtics would trade Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder, along with some of the picks, probably the Brooklyn pick. Oh, that seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think there's no way the Thunder would trade Clay Thompson. You have a position of strength in these. Yeah, the Warriors would trade Clay Thompson because he's on a decent deal because of the rising cap. Like, it's a max, but it's not as big a max as the other ones. Right. And I mean, if you can get decent... And, like, it's like, oh, improving... If I was the Celtics, I wouldn't do that. I feel like giving up Brown and Bradley alone... I think I, it was, the thing was Crowder and Bradley, but whatever. Oh, Crowder, whatever. Crowder and Two Bradley. of your best defensive players, like... 
Like, I feel like that alone is enough to give up for a team that's lacking in bench depth. It is, yeah, it doesn't make sense because... I don't think I don't think the Warriors really have the upper hand you, in that. And you want Clay Thompson's amazing on-ball defense. You know, he's like a top-five on-ball defender. You right. want that, along with the shooting that fits your system perfectly. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you improve depth, and Bradley and Crowder would be great fits on the Warriors. Oh, sure. sure. But not train Clay Thompson. That's no. stupid. I, I don't see any reason why you would, unless... The only way I can see it is if you're getting some good young talent back for it and you're getting some picks. And also, like, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn pick has no value to the Warriors. They're the best team right now. Why do they want the Brooklyn pick, even in the deep draft? That's why the Cavs traded Andrew Wiggins, because he wasn't good fit their timeline. You know, that's why they got love. True. A more recent trade room I think has a lot more uh, credence is Rudy Gay to the Thunder. Mm, Gives them the scoring they're missing. Oladipo becomes the sixth man. Roberson still starts. It allows him to guard shooting guards again, where he was an elite defender. Yes, he was. Just a good defender against Smalls. So I think that's really interesting. And I actually love to see Rudy Gay with a real playmaker like Westbrook because Gay's really not had a lot of success at, from a team standpoint despite always getting all these buckets and being right. a really good offensive player. Yeah, he's, and his numbers are usually good around the board. But and he's, he's, he's actually like... doing better than last year, this year. Too so you know he's wasting away in Sacramento because right. they, there's no winning in, that's in a that ba- city. That's a basketball wasteland. So that'll be interesting to see. But we'll oh, talk about sure. NBA trade line you know in a few months when it happens. Right. <laughs> and that point, Jeff, interesting NBA award race, especially in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. I'm very excited. I, I mean, I think the NBA has really turned into my newest favorite sport. It's the best product. On and it's, exactly, and it's so fun to talk about. There's just so many angles to take things by. Yeah. And you don't just need one good player to win. Like yeah, in, every team is NFL. interesting. We talked about this in our preview. Like every there's there's players to watch on every team, even the bad ones. And right now we were talking. You were telling me before we even started. The Knicks are in the playoffs. Technically, yeah. <laughs> at this moment, and the Lakers. Like it's just crazy how yeah. like teams we're looking at. And granted, there's plenty of time for everything to fall yeah. to fall into place. Everyone's played what like. Not even 15 games. It's right, but the thing is, like, we at this moment right now, we don't know who the final teams could be. Like, we could say, yeah, it's Cleveland and Golden State, but you never know. Right. The, I feel like the NBA just has so many surprises that you just never know what's going to yeah. happen. And, like, the Clippers finally having good bench performances. From the veteran. They finally yeah. assembled a veteran crew. The whole Doc Rivers is a bad GM narrative takes a big hit now, and the whole, oh, they should blow it up, they'll never do any better all stakes a hit because oh wait now the Clippers are basically they're basically doing what the Warriors were doing right is having such strong depth help that night in night out a bunch of different reasons can contribute to a win yeah so I'm actually very happy that the Clippers are doing so oh, well oh me too but yeah in the meantime you can follow the show on Twitter at Mercy Rule Pod and keep up with the show at soundcloudcom slash Mercy Rule iTunes Stitcher Google Play give a review Jeff will be very happy so always and follow us on Twitter. Jeff, where can we find you on Twitter? You can follow me at Jeff, J-E-F-F underscore L-A-U-D. And you can follow me at Martin Swagger, M-A-R-T-N-S-W-A-G-R. Uh, Dave, what a time to be alive. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Holla at you, boys.